Hey y'all, my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor at Emmanuel in Hookson. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Our goal is to be a blessing to everyone who listens as you continue on your journey of faith. It's also our hope that you'll be encouraged to find a church to belong to so you can plug into that congregation and bless others with the gifts and experiences that God has entrusted you with. If you're being encouraged or challenged by this teaching, would you consider giving us a five-star review? That review and rating moves us up the list so others might find us more easily so they too can benefit from this podcast. Well, I hope this podcast is a blessing to you and encourages you to get out there and be the blessing. God bless. Can you pull in Leviathan with a hook or tie his tongue down with a rope? Can you put a cord through his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he beg you for mercy or speak softly to you? Will he make a covenant with you so that you can take him as a slave forever? God is asking Job, can you do this with Leviathan? Can you play with him like a bird or put him on a leash for your girls? Will, will traders bargain for him or divide him among the merchants? Can you fill his hide with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay a hand on him and you'll remember the battle and never repeat it. Any hope of capturing him proves false. Does a person not collapse at the very sight of him? This Leviathan is a creature that we're not really sure what it was. It could have been a dinosaur. It could have been a, some kind of a sea creature like a whale. We're not entirely certain, but it was a massive, monstrous creature that when people saw, they would shake and tremble in fear. No one is ferocious enough to rouse Leviathan. Who then can stand against me? This is what God is saying. Who confronted me? that I should repay him. Everything under heaven belongs to me. This is the sovereignty of God. It's an amazing thing, and it's a terrifying thing. And I, as I was studying this, I, I read through this, and I thought, I'm going to call this the Leviathan principle. The Leviathan principle, up until this time, God had, God, God had challenged Job with the stars and the storms with the seas. He had, he had challenged him with this panoramic view of, I control all of this. The universe, everything in it, all of the stars, everything in the sea, the storms upon the world. Can you do that, Job? Can you do this? You utter judgments against me, but you don't even have half the picture. You don't even have a tenth of the picture. You only have a grain of sand. And yet you sit on your throne and you judge me. You, who if you look in the mirror know that you are not good, there is none good, no, not one. There is none righteous, no, not one. And yet you sit on your throne and you judge me. And then he gets to the Leviathan and I thought to myself, this is so strange that he would, he would take it from a 20,000 mile away view down into this real condensed idea. And I thought, this is so amazing to me. This is, this is Job arguing with God, illustrated with Job trying to tame the Leviathan. Ultimately, when we try to grasp, why would God allow this? Why would God not stop this? 
Where were you when I was being hurt? How could you let them do this? Why did this person die when they should have lived? Why is she disabled? Why did you add mental illness on top of disability? Wasn't one enough? And we wrestle and we try to tame this. It's like trying to grasp the Leviathan. It's trying to control something that is uncontrollable. It's trying to tame something that is untamable. It's trying to understand something that you and I cannot understand. And that is the Leviathan principle. We try to put God in our little box and we forget that that He is God and I am man. And the difference between us is far greater than the difference between an infant and a parent. It doesn't even compare. My wife was babysitting little Felix. We call him Frederick. I don't know why, but Chloe decided his name was Frederick. My nephew, how old is he? Ten months. He understands more about the world the way we see it than we understand about the world the way God sees it. Did you, get, did you, did you grasp that? The understanding of this ten-month-old is greater about the world he's living in and his, and his parents than our understanding is when we compare it to God. God is not just like an earthly father that knows better. No, you can't have ice cream every day for dinner. You'll be sick and you'll get fat. But I don't understand why it tastes so good. Right? We are so much lower than that in the eyes of God. This is the Leviathan principle. This is the principle where finally God puts it into this illustration. Listen, Job, you can't even handle the Leviathan. These questions are too great for you. This is what faith is. Sometimes we think that faith, listen, I believe in an intellectual faith, but faith cannot be completely explained. God cannot be completely explained or understood. He's God. And that is where trust comes in. That is where faith comes in. The faith comes in, what has he said about himself? The faith has come in where we question God, how can you love me if you allowed this to happen? How can you love me? And God's answer is this, I sent my son Jesus to die in your place and to suffer with you. He revealed to me when I was having my Leviathan moment that not only does Jesus suffer with me, but because the Holy Spirit is within me, all of the suffering that I experience he intimately experiences in the exact same way. When Elaine was being beaten by her father, we sat down for an hour and a half, I think, Monday, and it wasn't enough time for her to tell me her story. And I sat there with tears building in my eyes, listening to her. When you suffered that, when you suffer as a child of God, the Holy Spirit within you, experiences the exact same thing. Remember, if you're a believer, he knew you would be before you were. And he was with you. When I was four years old and had my head cracked open like an egg and almost died, God was with me, sent an angel to save my life. God was right there 
with me. He suffers within you. The bruises, he experienced them. The rapes, he experienced it. The possessions stolen, he experienced it. He lived it with you, within you. Jesus died for you. And I know, church, this is tough. In one sense, I hate preaching it. In another sense, I love it. Because if you can grasp that Abba Father, Elaine crawling up into the lap of her dad as he held her, not her physical dad, he would as soon beat her. She told me in my office, my, I won't share she told me, I never experienced a hug from a family member. Can you imagine that? Never had my dad just hug me or my mom just hold me. The Leviathan principle, we try to wrestle with things that essentially are too great for us to understand. And at the end of the day, God says, look at me and trust me. Job answered the Lord. After God challenged him on all of this stuff, Job's answer to God. And listen, Job had made some pretty fancy speeches in the first 30 or so chapters. Not a short book. I am so insignificant. How can I answer you? I place my hand over my mouth. I've spoken once and I cannot reply. Twice, but I, I can't add anything. I can add nothing. And this is before God restored Job's possessions and restored Job's children and brought him back to his status. This was before all of that. Job finally came to a place where he finally understood. I got nothing. I got nothing. Job replied to the Lord again, I know that you can do anything and no plan of yours can be thwarted. You ask me, who is this who conceals my counsel with ignorance? Surely I spoke about things I did not understand. Things that were too wondrous for me to know. I've been there. When we try to put God into our box and we try to fit him into a human understanding, the best thing I can say to you is if you want to understand who God really is and you want to understand, just look at Jesus. Just keep looking at Jesus. He gave it all for you, man. You said, listen now, and I will speak. When I questioned you, you will inform me. I heard reports about you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I reject my words. Job is speaking. And I'm sorry for them in dust and ashes. I have nothing more to say. Not easy, not easy. If you struggle today, 
This message is not an end-all to your struggling. It certainly doesn't answer all of the questions that you have. But I challenge you, before you set up your throne in heaven and put God on trial, consider whether or not you're worthy to do that. Consider whether or not you are great enough to do that. Job, at the end of the day, he was probably one of the very best men in all of the Bible. The only person I can think of who was not Jesus, who is perhaps greater than Job, is Joseph. This guy had it all. What shall we say to these things? Here's the thing. If God is for us, who can be against us? Here is the character and nature of God. Yes, he allows suffering. Yes, he allows evil. He has reasons of his own, and we can sit here, and we can hypothesize, and we can theologize, and we can say, oh, well, God gave man free will. If he gave this man free will, and he gave you free will, he has to allow that man to do evil against you, or else there's no free will, and then we're all robots, and we can go through this whole spiel, or we can say, God is God, and I am man, and things are too high for me to grasp and to understand, but I know this, he did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore who is risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God in Christ? Shall tribulation shall distress, shall persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or the sword. Listen, those things are reality. That is life. It's life. Paul doesn't say he's taking it away. He's saying it can't separate you from the love of God. In the world, we'll have suffering. Jesus said, in the world, you'll have persecution. And sometimes that suffering is a medical ailment. Sometimes that suffering is a financial ailment. Sometimes that suffering is an is a evil done against this ailment like the sword or peril. But it does not affect whether or not God loves you and it cannot separate you from the love of God. He weeps with those who weeps. He mourns with those who mourns. He intimately feels the suffering that you feel. And he knows his reasons for it, and they are Leviathan. They just are. I'll be honest with you. Press pause. I'm glad I can see some of the whys to some of the suffering that my wife and I have endured. But it doesn't really help that much. Right? Can we be honest here? It helps. You know what helps more is I have hope. Elaine mentioned it in her reading. I have hope. 
God gave me a moment here on stage with you. I, I'm so glad that he allowed me to share it with you that when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, I'm going to ask Kirsten to say it again, not because I can't understand her, but because I can. And the joy that, that's going to flood my wife and I's heart and soul as we listen to her speak and articulate in a way that she never has on earth is going to blind us to all of the suffering that we endured here. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed. All day long, we're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all of these things, all of this suffering, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I'm persuaded neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created being shall be able to separate us from the love of God, our Abba, Father which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when you are wrestling with Leviathan, get your eyes back on Jesus. He is the ultimate expression of the love of God. It is in Christ. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is a, it, it is working, and I know we're long, it is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Focus on what you know to be true. Focus on what you know to be true. The whisperer will come, and he will whisper doubts, and he will pour doubts into your heart and into your mind, and he will keep saying, well, what if, and what about, and what if, and what about? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. They came to the place which was called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Took so Peter, James, and John with him and began to be troubled and deeply distressed. You are not alone. He went a little further, fell on the ground, prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And when he said, Abba, Father, he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. You can help me escape this trouble. Take it from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Love Jesus. Love your Father. Trust him. Trust him even when you can't see, even when you can't understand. Keep looking to Jesus. And finally, if you were where I was at, and you got up on your high horse, and you got up on your throne, and you called into question the goodness of God, and you sat in judgment of God, repent. Oh, that's not popular, and that stings. Gosh, that stings, Lord. Did I have to put that in there? Yes, you did, Eric, because I put it in the Bible. Job said what? He sat on an ash heap, and he repented of the words that he had spoken. Church, one of the toughest messages I've preached, I'm certain it was difficult to hear. And I preach this message with a heavy heart because I know some of you, some of you have been through some things. And that's why I asked Elaine to come up on the stage because 
as much as I've been through, the Lord has called her to suffer more than I've suffered. It's not about my glory. It's not even about the glory of Emmanuel Baptist Church. It's about the glory of Jesus and the glory of God and his love for his children. Even when we can't understand it. Remember the Leviathan principle. You will not win that battle. Let go. Let go of that rope. Love him. Trust him. Repent. Please stand. Heavenly Father, Abba Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, thank you for giving me the extra time to speak this morning. I pray that it will not go to waste. I pray that you would use the combination of Elaine's story and Job's story in my preaching and that you would use it as a healing salve to those who are struggling, to those who are hurting Lord, there was a challenge in this message, Father, and it was so, so, so difficult. But Satan has bound people. He has bound them with doubt. Lord, He has used circumstances to cause us to wrestle with You and to accuse You and to stand in judgment of You. And Lord, I ask that You forgive me of those times where that has been my story. Lord, cleanse me of the arrogance with which I approached you a few years back when I was casting your own words in your teeth. Lord, help us to rest in the knowledge of your love for us even when we can't understand the why. Lord, I love you. Please let this message accomplish your will. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hey, all thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to know more, please go to our website, emmanuelhooksit.com, where you'll find helpful links and resources and where you can contact us directly. That web address again is emmanuelhooksit.com. Bless God, get out there, and be the blessing.